You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Judges chapter 6. Hallelujah. You know what I love about this church? Is that we are so excited about the Word of God so early in the morning. Hallelujah. We come to church, we hear the Word, we sit under the Word because we are nothing without the Word. We are nothing without God. And family, you have been called by God. You are in this place for a reason. You have a purpose, you have a calling, and don't forget that. God loves you, God loves your family, and God wants to use you. Say, God wants to use me. Today... I want to speak to you about a message that's been laid on my heart that you are called specifically by God and how one word can change a generation forever. Everyone say one word. I am fully convinced. I am fully convinced that I am blessed. And that's because that's what the Word of God says about me. It says I'm blessed, so I'm going to believe it because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And greater is He who lives in me than he who lives in this world. Amen? So have you found Judges chapter 6? All right, we're going to read about a man, Gideon, who he thought of himself as nothing. But from one word from God changed his destiny for the rest of his life. Judges chapter 6 verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. So the children of Israel went into hiding because of the Midianites. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, um, also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. So every time Israel sowed in the land, the Midianites came And they overturned them and they conquered them. It's like you going to the grocery store to get your groceries. Every time you go to the grocery store, you walk out with the grocery store, like 10 guys come and they take everything from you. That's not a very fun time, is it? For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. But they and their camels were without number and they would enter the land to destroy it. So the Israelites were in a really, really bad place. They would sow, but they wouldn't reap because the Midianites would come and they would conquer them. And then the Midianites were so great, they were just, it says here, it refers to them, they were as much as, they were compared to as locusts. Um, Further on in the chapter, it talks about their, their camels being as much as sand on the seashore. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. But they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, 
that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord, God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. So everyone say promise. Israel received a promise from God. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. So God sent a prophet to give a promise to Israel that they will be delivered. Let's carry on reading. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under, and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now we read here in verse 12, the angel appointed to Gideon's potential as a mighty deliverer through the Lord's enabling power. So as we read, Gideon said here, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but the Lord has forsaken us? And delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. So here you have a man, Gideon. He's, he's in the wine press. He's, he's gathering the wheat. And out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord says to him, the angel of the Lord says to him, appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And what we see here is Gideon says, oh, my Lord, he's already in doubt. He's already saying, if the Lord is with us, then where are all the signs? Where are all the miracles? And why are we in debt? Why are we being impoverished? Why are we being conquered by the Midianites? He's not even worried about the fact that he was alone gathering the wheat and out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, the Lord is with you. He's so gathered by the fact that he's in doubt, that they're being conquered, that he forgets the miracle that's standing right in front of him. So he was in doubt. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Yet did not God say, Go in this might. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. You see, Gideon saw himself as nothing. Gideon saw himself as the least. Gideon saw himself as the weakest. You may be here today and see yourself as nothing. 
You may be here today and see yourself, how are you going to make a difference in your workplace? How are you going to make a difference in your family? How are you going to make a difference in this country out of millions of people? Yet the God of our Israel is with you. My God, our God is with you. You mighty man, you mighty woman of valor. Amen. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. So he got a promise from God. He said to him, My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Family, I'm here to tell you that God is with you. You are here to make a difference. You aren't here just to come to church every Sunday and live a different life throughout the week. You're here to make a difference in this country. You're here to make a difference in this world. Because God is with you, you mighty man of valor. You see, Gideon didn't believe the Lord when he said, you're a mighty man of valor, because he saw himself as the least. Yet God lives outside of time. God doesn't see who you are now. He sees who he has created you to be. You see, he lives outside of time. So he sees you already at your fullest potential. So he calls you at your fullest potential. He doesn't call you at the potential that you have now because he's already placed all of the potential that you need inside of you. Everyone say amen. amen. Say the Lord is with me. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here. I pray until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. So what Gideon did, he believed what he said. Then he went and he prepared an offering. And then he brought it to the angel. He said, wait here for me. I'm going to go get my offering. So he got his offering. He brought it to him. Then he said, if you really are from the Lord, then won't you show me a sign? Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. This is verse 21. And fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abizrites. You see, Gideon had an encounter with the Lord. And with that encounter, his whole life changed. His whole perspective of Jesus changed. His whole perspective of the Lord changed. Because of an encounter, his whole revelation his whole relationship with God changed. We see in verse 24, the Lord is peace. It's literally Yahweh Shalom. Gideon's new sense of security in his relationship with the Lord is effectively expressed by the term Shalom, meaning wholeness, security, well-being, prosperity, peace, and friendship. 
So because of this encounter that Gideon had with the Lord, his whole revelation, his whole perception, his whole relationship changed with one encounter, with one word. And I'm here to tell you today that your encounter with the Lord is here today. You are not going to leave here the same way you came in. You may have come in here broken, busted, and disgusted, but you're leaving here changed. You're leaving here a man of valor. You're leaving here a woman of valor. Family, I firmly believe the teenagers of this generation will serve the Lord. Our schools will serve the Lord. Because it takes a generation that had a word from God. Go, you mighty man of valor. To go and preach the gospel. Who believe, who had an encounter with God. Who lead a whole generation to God. And I truly believe our teenagers of this generation, the devil will not have our teenagers of this generation. The teenagers of this generation will serve the Lord. Amen. So Gideon had an encounter with God. Then God told him, okay, Gideon, the people now that are with you are serving Baal. So he said, your first task, what you need to go do is go cut down Baal, go cut down this false idol, this fake idol that is distracting my people from serving me. That's distracting my people for worshiping me. So he said, go and take the second bull of your father. So he went and he took it. Then he cut down the idol. Then God didn't just say cut down the idol. He said, use the wood from that idol and burn it to offer it to me. So he went and he did that. So Gideon, so then verse 36. So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look. He said, look God, I know you already confirmed it to me the first time. But look, okay, just this one more time. Just confirm it to me. I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, it is on uh, if fleece only and it is on dry on the ground, then shall I know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so, when he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece and a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said, okay, Lord, I know you did it the first time. I know you did it the second time. But now, don't be angry, Okay. Do not be angry with me, but just let me speak this one more time. Let me test. I pray. Just once more. With the fleece, let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. So the first time, the only the, the fleece was wet. Now only let the, the ground be wet. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the ground. You see, we serve a, a loving God. We serve a patient God. Even though we may be impatient, our God is patient with us. 
because he knows you are made for greatness. So he's willing to walk with you. He's willing to take your hand and say, look, I will confirm it to you. You are confirmed for greatness. You are going to do great things. Your family will be saved. Your family will serve the Lord. This job is yours. Amen. Verse, uh, chapter number seven. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod. So that the camp of the Midianites was on the north and south was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. You see, God is the God of the impossible. With man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are are possible. You may think that you're in an impossible situation right now, but with God, all things are possible. So now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are, too, are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. So what Gideon did, he brought them down to the water, and then whoever, he said, Make, let them drink water. Whoever got onto their knees and drank water with their mouths, he said, those people will not go with you. And he said, those people must return. But those that use their hand and drink the water, those people will stay with you. And the, the amount of people that was left was only 300. But God had a plan because with God, all things are possible. So chapter number 7, verse 7. Then the Lord gets said to Gideon, by the 300 men who left, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Amen. Amen. Verse 16. Then... He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and 300 men went and they got into their places and they did that. Verse 20, then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hand for blowing. And they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia toward Zerah, as far as the border of Azabal Mahala by Tabith. Family, the names do not matter, but what matters is the Lord delivered Israel. And he did it in such a supernatural way. With man, 
things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, this same God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is right by your side. Amen. So when Gideon wanted to get these confirmations for, from God, Gideon did not request the sign of the fleece to determine God will put, God will but to gain to determine God's will, but to gain deepened assurance, a deepened revelation on who God is. Through divine revelation, he already knew that he was appointed to deliver Israel. He wanted confirmation of the Lord's presence and power to enable him to accomplish the task. We access his promises by faith. And Father, and people, you need to have faith in the Father. You need to have faith in the word that God has given you. You need to believe and you need to go deeper. You can't just rely on one word. You need to go deeper in your relationship with God. You need to come to church every week. You need to serve the Lord. You need to be in the presence of the Lord so that you can have a deeper revelation of who God is. Go with me. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Family, God has greatness for you, but you need to have faith to obtain it. You need to believe that God wants to use you. You need to believe that your family will be saved because it's through believing, it's through having faith that you will make a difference in this world. Amen? We are taught faith in this church. We are taught how to have great faith. We have a great example of a man who walks in faith, right? We have heard Pastor Theo's testimonies. He walks in authority. He, works, he walks as an authority who has a, a believer who believes that he has authority. How do you know that you walk in authority? When you walk into a place and you say, that's mine, and I'm not leaving until it's mine because God told me it's mine. Like Gideon knew, he got a word that, is, that he will deliver Israel because God is on his side. Now, if you believe that word, he wasn't going to leave without conquering the Midianites. He was going to chase them down to conquer them. Now, how many of you believe in the word that God gave you? Do you truly believe it? If you do, then go chase down what God has promised you. Go after it with all your might. You know, Pastor, Pastor Theo went to dinner with my parents one night, and they went to a restaurant where you have lobster. You go to a restaurant to get lobster. Then in that restaurant, they didn't have lobster. But Pastor Theo wanted lobster. So then he went to the, the waiter, came to him and said, okay, waiter, please, can I get, can I get my lobster? I'm, that's what I'm here for. 
And then the lawyer says, sorry, sir, we don't have lobster. And he looked at him and said, I have inside information. Go look at the back of your freezer. The lobster's going to be there. And he spoke with authority. He wasn't like, ah, maybe it's going to be there. I don't know. Just check. He said, the lobster's going to be there. Go look at the back of your freezer because it's there. Then the waiter looked. He came back and he said, sir, you're not going to believe it. He was like, no, I believe it. He said, you're not going to believe it. There's a lobster there. That's how you have faith. That's how you walk in authority. How can a doctor call my dad and say, your, your wife is going to die in hospital. Come to the hospital and say goodbye. He called the doctor and he said, sorry, sir, I'm not coming. My wife is walking out of this hospital alive. That's how you believe in the Word of God. That's how you believe that He is a deliverer. Because he had faith, because he had authority. So he said, no, my wife is not going to die in this hospital. She is going to leave. I'm not going to come say goodbye to my wife because she is leaving this hospital. And what happened? She's better today than she's ever been before. She's more healthy today than she's ever been before. Why? Because of one word from God. God is with you, you mighty man of valor. God is with you, you mighty woman of valor. Never doubt God because He is with you. Family, we are not here to partake in this world. This world is not my home. My home is in heaven. I'm here for a mission. I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to make a difference in the world of these teenagers today. I'm here to make a difference in my family. And family, that is why you are here today as well. Because God is going to use you to deliver your workplace. God is going to use you to deliver your family. God is going to use you. Everyone say, God's going to use me. He's going to set you on fire. Family, the Word says that you are set apart. Jesus did not come to this earth to participate in this world. He came to make a difference. We are here to be set apart. We are not here to participate. My home is in heaven. I am not here to stay. So I refuse to participate in the things of this world because this is not my home. My home is in heaven. My heavenly Father is with me and I will one day see Him again in heaven. If you believe it, say amen. Now I want to encourage you, if you want to be set on fire, if you want to believe the Word, if you want to be built in faith, come to church, read your Bible, get into the presence of God. You know, with my family, I'm so grateful that my parents said, Josh, you have to be in church every Wednesday. I had no choice. There was no uh, you know, until he's older, he can make his own decision. My parents would chase me down, even until if I, if I were to run away from church now, my parents would chase me down and grab me and take me to church themselves. Because being in church sets you on fire. Being in church makes you fall in love with the presence of God. It makes you fall in love with the Word of God. Because it's the truth. Amen? I can tell you, if you are in church... Every service, 
that there is, every weekend, you are guaranteed to be on fire. I can tell you that. The fear of the Lord will be inside of you. I remember in 2016 when Pastor Theo came, right? He said on Thursday, he was, it was come celebrate on Thursday. He's going to be casting out all the demons. I said, Lord Jesus, I thank you. You are with me. You never leave me. You know, you know, you forsake me. You are with me. So then all the demons came out. You just said, ah, ah, hallelujah. Then a woman comes on here. He prays for the woman. She doesn't forgive those people that she needs to, she needs to forgive. Then she says, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill her too. Then he said, family, this demon's going to need a place to go. Everyone, raise your hands. I'm, my hands were up so high and so quickly. It's like in a blink of an eye it was up. And he said, praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you. You are guaranteed to be set on fire. You are guaranteed to love the Word of God if you come to church every weekend. Amen. I remember when I was younger, I went to a sleepover with my friends. And then we, we played video games the whole night. We didn't sleep once. I didn't get one minute of sleep. It was a Saturday and it was church on Sunday. My parents said, I don't care. You make a way to get to church. I don't know how I got to church, but I got to church. I don't even remember. I was literally sitting in the service like this. But I was in church because my parents said, be in church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Family, stand to your feet. If you believe this word, if you believe that you are here to make a difference in this world, that you're a mighty man, that you're a mighty woman of valor. Say amen. 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 Hallelujah. We serve a good God. We serve a powerful God. And family, you are going to make a difference in this world. Your family is here for greatness. Your family is here to make a difference. You're going to make a difference in the university. You're going to make a difference in your school. You're here and you're in school. You're not here to be like your friends. You're here to be set apart. You're here to be different. You're not here to look like everyone else. You're not here to participate with them. You're here to participate with the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone say this with me. I am made for greatness. I am a mighty man, a mighty woman of greatness, of valor. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Jesus, for all you do.